Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Well, welcome back, listeners. Each week on Scale, we share ideas and strategies to grow your business and get your life back. And right now, I'm going to be talking about with my co-host, Jeff Hoffman here, dealing with employee issues. So, Jeff, let's talk about this idea of how, how to more effectively manage your team so that they can accomplish more and and have less drama and hassle. So let's start off with the drama and hassle. I think one of the most common refrains I hear from business owners when I'm at a conference or something, and I, I'm curious if this is similar to you, yeah, you know, if I could live without employees in my business, I'd do it. You know, they say they're going to get something done, and then they don't do it, or they call in sick, or their personal issues get in the way. There's just drama, 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 and stress. What any comments when someone says that to you? I'll share what I say in a moment here when someone brings that up to me because I smile. Generally, for me, I think when someone brings it up that way, I know that I have a business owner that's very controlling in the business. And generally, what they've done is they've created the dependency of the, the employee only doing what they tell them versus actually having a, an employee who's empowered to do meaningful work. But what would you say? I mean, what are some of the thoughts you have about this idea of this employee drama or these other challenges that come up with employees? Well, first of all, you hit on a, a, one of the most important uh, or, you know, potentially damaging impediments to scale. Um, I've gone through this many times, having scaled businesses from little to big uh, all over the place, and the most difficult part by far was that as you grow, obviously, when you're small, the ability to hire just sort of A players is easier. If you only have six people, the odds of finding six of the top players in your field are, you know, are much higher. As you start to scale... By definition, everybody's not an A player. It's hard to maintain the quality level, and so you have people that, by definition, sometimes require a different set of management, a different amount of investment of time, etc. So not what happens is as people scale, they don't realize that you as a business owner started by doing everything and running the business, and later you morph into all of a sudden I'm managing people. I never wanted to do that, but here's the thing. You have to do that. You have to think about the people management part and the structure, it is a major impediment to scale if you don't build an environment that allows employees to prove themselves, to take more responsibility, to take more work, to be empowered, and to go off and do things on their own and make their own decisions. You can't scale if everything still has to go through you. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about one of the stories we shared in Scale in Chapter 10, this idea of of common sense has just gone the way of the dodo bird sometimes in management of people. And, and we do things that if we were the employee would drive us crazy, would, would make us want to work less or to leave or to look for another job. And we don't see that. And so what's a simple way that we could just even kind of bring common sense back obvious? I mean, you shared this in the book there, this great exercise of two sheets of paper. I'd love for you to take a moment and share that story because I think it's just it really nails on the head, Jeff, this idea of a lot of management is not rocket science. It's common sense applied when you don't feel like applying it. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I will share that story because I was growing my company, and suddenly, by definition, as there was more people, there was the possibility for more employee issues. Two people in a disagreement, somebody's complaining that somebody else is not working. Whatever the issues are, they started to multiply and somebody came to me one day and said, you know, I'm not sure how to handle this situation with another employee. So they were asking me to handle it, which I didn't have time to do. And the person actually said to me, well, what does the employee manual say? 
And I was thinking to myself, what you just said, the common sense thing, you shouldn't need an employee manual to figure out how to resolve this. So a thought occurred to me. I called all my employees into the big conference room, and I told everybody to take out a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle. And I said, on the left, I want you to write down everything that any employer you've ever had, any boss, any manager, co-worker, whatever, anything that anybody ever did that made you feel bad at work, that demotivated you, that made you feel undervalued, that made you just want to go get another job, or you actually did go get another job. Write all those negatives on the left. Then I said, on the right side, I want you to write down all the things that anybody has ever done that made you love your job, made you more motivated, made you work harder, and made you turn down a job at another company because you like working here better, right? And then I literally walked around for dramatic effect a little bit, but I handed everybody a thumbtack. And I said, now, everybody go back to work, take your thumbtack, and stick this list on the wall. I said, if I find you doing any of the things on the left side of the list that you told me you hated when management did it to you, and yell now your management. If I find you doing any of those things to other people, you're fired. And I said, and on the other hand, on the right, once a week, I want you to go look at that list of things that made you love your job and made you feel valued and empowered, and I want you to walk somewhere in our company and do one of those things a week for somebody that works here to make sure that we are delivering that kind of fulfillment that people need to love their job. So that was our common sense uh, lying down the middle of a sheet um, employee manual, but it made far more sense than, you know, somebody told me about a 300-page manual that had another company that they didn't even understand. <laughs> you know, building on that, Jeff, I think a lot of us as business people, we, we think I'm too busy to focus on the management. People should just know what to do. And, and that's such a loss of an opportunity. One of the things I got as advice years back, and, and I, I love the idea and views, is this idea of creating an index card on each of the key team members that I'm responsible for managing. And the index card just talks about, you know, what what things are important to that employee. Is it their family? Is it a, a particular thing like a, a charity or a sports organization or a cause? What are the things that, that are important to them in the workplace? What works best with them to get the best from them? Some people, they want feedback all the time. Other people, you know, don't want feedback too often because they feel like it's micromanaging. Some people want that personal connection. Other people say you know what, leave me alone, let me get my job done. Some people want the creativity aspect. Other people say, you know, I hate coming up with the idea. I'm a behind-the-scenes execution person. And just by taking a moment and writing that down for each person and then reminding ourselves to review that and manage in a really equitable way, which means treating people like the individuals they are, having the respect and the value to each of these people to actually take the time to do this. And some people say, well, how do I know that? And my comment to them has always been, well, ask, what can I do that helps you get great work done? What do I do that gets in the way of you getting great work done? It, again, going back to this common sense, sometimes we just need to ask. I mean, have you seen business owners who have been afraid to even ask basic questions like this because they think that either they don't have time to do it or they think, well, gosh, it's going to upset the other person. It's going to feel a little bit too manipulative if I were to ask them these types of questions. Well, you know, it's actually worse than that. Uh, what I see is business owners that think this. They, they have the, the, the uh, pyramid inverted the wrong way. They think, it's my company, I own it, I pay you, I employ you, you're all here to achieve my goals. I hired you because I started a company and I'm trying to achieve a certain goal. So literally one time when I was a young employee, I had a manager 
sort of telling me, here's why you're here. Here's why I'm hiring you. And when he finished, I said, let me get this straight. You, want, you brought me into this company so I could work eight days a week so that one day you could buy a boat and go sailing. And he pretty much said yes. And I said, wait, I was joking. <laughs> right? And I said, how is that motivating? And I remembered that when I became a business owner. So the first thing that, that, that I did when I, well, I do when I hire a new person is say, look, I know what my goals are. I, I, helped you hire, I hired you to help me achieve them. But what are your goals? What is a successful career for you at this company? What is a good end game for you? What, what are you trying to achieve? Why did you even take this job? There must be some goal you have in your life. So like you said, not only understanding what drives people uh, in terms of where they get their fulfillment, but when I started asking people, the, you know, I'll tell you very quickly, one of, I'll share with our listeners, one of my favorite stories was uh, one, one new employee told me that his goal, his life's goal, all he ever cared about was one day buying his mother a house because they grew up poor and he wanted to thank her for all the sacrifice in her life. So I asked him to print out a picture of the house he wants to someday buy his mother and put it on his wall. And every day we would make comments. You know, people would say, one day somebody said to me, they're all going home. And I said, see you guys tomorrow. And they said, what are you doing? How come you're not leaving? And I said, oh, I'm working on the hallway in, in, the front, you know, in the front of Chris's mother's house. And everybody sort of got it. We're here to help everybody achieve goals. And if we ask them, like you said, when I ask people, Tell me what a successful career for you at my company would be, and let me help you achieve that. And I was cognizant of the things they were trying to do, and it was a two-way street. I'll help you achieve your goal. You help me achieve mine. And I had far more motivated employees. You know, when I hear you say that, it reminds me that so often we look at, you know, the problem is with the employee. We don't want to take responsibility that our way of interacting with our team members have caused a lot of the challenges. And, and generally, I tell a, a business owner, look, the two places that you have the most control, number one is selection, who you bring on to begin with, and number two, how you manage. Are you actually getting the best from the people you're bringing on by creating an environment where talented people actually want to stay? In today's world, it's pretty competitive for the top people, and it's not about money. Money is the sufficiency need. As long as you're paying them a reasonable amount in the neighborhood of what their value is, the other things are more important, giving them a place where they feel part of something more than themselves, giving them a place where they have some control and autonomy, giving them a place where stupid red tape doesn't get in the way for them, producing great results. That's what makes a bigger difference. Jeff, we're about to go to a break here. Any last 10-second comment here about last tip that you'd have for someone on their team aspect of their company? Yeah, you added a really key thing, which is lead with your values. You said the word value. If your values and the company's values are clear, employees are able to make decisions without worrying about if they're going to get in trouble for it because they follow the values. They need to know your values and the company's values so they can maintain them and use them as their compass for making decisions when you're not available. That is great. In the next segment coming up here, we're going to talk about scaling a service business, the top leverage points to grow your service business. You're listening to Scale Your Business Radio. I'm your host, David Finkel, with my co-host, Jeff Hoffman. Again, you're listening to Scale Your Business Radio on WSRadio.com. We'll be right back. 